Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Shep Hyken here. We're back with another episode of Amazing Business Radio, and we have a great guest for you today, John Ball who is the executive vice president and general manager customer workflows over at ServiceNow. And uh, we're going to hear all about customer experience. We're going to talk about the digital age of customer experience. But before we do that, a couple of quick announcements. And if you've heard the show, you know what they are. Uh, if you have a story about amazing customer service or experience, we'd love for you to share it. If you have a question you'd like me to answer, just go to any one of the social media channels that you're probably on because I'm probably there. That's Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, you name it, I'm there. And if it is a question, use the hashtag AskShep. I'm going to answer it right there on this show or in my TV show, which is Be Amazing or Go Home, which can be found on Amazon Prime, Apple TV, Roku, and now you can actually access the episodes on YouTube. Just go to beamazing.tv. All right, let's jump into our interview for today. It's John Ball, the Executive VP Product and General Manager, Customer Workflows over at ServiceNow. And prior to that, he spent time at Salesforce. And this guy knows all about what it takes to deliver an amazing experience, both on the digital level and really on the process level as well. John, welcome to Amazing Business Radio. Thank you, Shep. Great to be here. So ServiceNow, first of all, I love the name. I'm honored to say ServiceNow is one of my clients. What I'd love for you to do is like take one or two sentences just to describe so the audience can completely understand from your perspective, because I only work for one part of ServiceNow. What is it that ServiceNow does? If you look at ServiceNow, what we really do is we enable uh, work to flow through the enterprise. So you have various types of employees. You have IT, you have all of the employees, you have customer service. And what we really do is we enable sort of tasks to be automated and workflowed. So that's the orchestration of tasks throughout the enterprise. So give me an example um, you know, it, it, let's take it from the customer service and support area. There are lots of routine steps that agents go through. Once they're automated, it, it just basically cuts down time and effort. Is that a good explanation of where it happens, say, in, in that particular area? Yeah. So in specifically customer service, if you think about the, the, the history of customer service has been really focused on what I call the engagement layer. This is all about receiving the request from the customer. So it could be something super simple, like what's my order status. It could be something more complicated, like I need to file an insurance claim, or I want to increase my bandwidth and add a couple of channels to my subscription. So you receive the request, that's the frontline agent. Increasingly, it's done through chatbots and AI and web self-service, but then that request needs to be fulfilled. And the, the fulfillment of the request is what I was just mentioning. It's, it's orchestration of a series of tasks. Often, you know, these, these tasks uh, span multiple departments, sometimes uh, 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 multiple departments within the enterprise. And it's glued together with all these middle office and front office workers who basically previously were using email, chat, uh, phone calls to get the work done. 
And so uh, when you think about the end-to-end customer experience, you have to both do a great job on engagement. So omni-channel engagement, chat, web, uh, uh, asynchronous uh, messages, obviously, you know, uh, phone. Uh, And then you take that request and you actually get the job done. And that orchestration is what we call a workflow. And that's where the, the whole reason why I joined ServiceNow is because I know that the industry, and I've been in this for quite some time, over 25 years, uh, has been sort of obsessed with the engagement, but they haven't really worried about the operations. And the operations is what actually impacts the end-to-end customer experience the most. And that's what's happening behind the scenes the customer never sees. And uh, it either is cumbersome or easier for the employees on the inside. And, and the way I see it is that ServiceNow makes life easier on the inside as they pull together uh, all of this. So as I'm talking to you now, I'm realizing maybe we should switch from the whole customer experience thing to the employee experience concept, because that's part of what ServiceNow does is it creates this automation and this workflow that just makes life easier on the inside. Yeah, if you think about employee experience, and we have a a dedicated product line for that called employee workflows, uh, think about your onboarding experience. Every every company in the world, you onboard your uh, employees, they have, uh, you know, promotion cycles, you have review cycles, all of that can be workflowed. So partially automated, but also guided. And I'll go back to what you're saying that the customer never sees sort of what's going on uh, on the inside. That's actually not true because there are often times where requests then requires additional information to be provided. And so part of what we do is that workflow is guiding the process. It's, it's, you have a given business process, you have to go through X number of steps. Maybe at step four, you have to provide additional information or additional documents. And by guiding that through and having it orchestrated through a defined product-driven workflow, you can obviously make it more efficient. That's better for the customer and for the employee. A great example of that is actually one of our customers uh, in uh, financial services is Lloyd's, where uh, previously, so what they were trying to do is improve payment operations. So payment operations are everything from dispute of payment to uh, you know, uh, changing, uh, recalling a debit, whatever it may be. There's a, there's a ton of work going on in payment operations. That previously had 16 different systems uh, and I can't remember how many steps and we collapsed it down into uh, basically uh, two systems and one system of action that really improved both the customer experience. So huge benefits on time to resolve the, the problem time to get you know the payment uh, reconciled whatever it may be and for the employee so for the employee of the bank they have a much better experience and when you then think about the end-to-end customer experience that's really important because that agent not having to focus on mundane tasks that are repetitive that are kind of you know life draining they are happier and so they have more empathy. And so you end up having a really virtuous cycle where you're both improving customer experience and operational efficiency for the bank. And the end result is both happier employees and happier customers. Right, right. I love the way you said, I'll disagree with you. I actually don't think you, <laughs> I don't think you disagreed at all. I think what you did is you gave clarity to it. I don't think the customer recognizes what's happening behind the scenes. 
that's making their experience better. All they know is that this is a better experience than the last bank I dealt with or the last situation I had. And I think that's what, what uh, drives uh, customers to want to come back uh, is a very convenient and frictionless experience. And the easier you can make that, the, the better. Uh, I was just talking today to a friend of mine that's in the mortgage business. And he just sent, I sent him a book, uh, The Convenience Revolution, which is all about these convenience principles. And he goes, have you ever talked to anybody in the mortgage business? And I said, yeah, I do. He goes, do you know how inconvenient we make it for the customer? The compliance that we are required to have really puts the burden on the customer and does not, and it doesn't matter what mortgage company they go to, it's inconvenient. It's, uh, and oftentimes it's, it's intrusive. Uh, but I'll say this, I said, it's very, I get where you're coming from, but where you can be convenient is don't make me fill out my name, address, and phone number on 17 different forms, 17 times. That's something that can be automated. That's something that's very easily repetitive, uh, you know, autofill. And, you know, he went on to say, you know, you're right. We need to be looking into those systems, but that's exactly what you're, you're striving for is to create ease and convenience, both internally and externally. Absolutely. And it's, you know, part of it is by, by actually structuring these processes in workflows, you can then identify uh, duplication of effort. You can identify duplication of effort, both for the employee and the agent, as well as the customer, as you were just mentioning. If you see in the process that we're asking them to do the same thing four different times, you can then figure out a way to make that once. And, yep. and so that is, uh, it really is when you, uh, you know, I, I guess I, I said, I disagree. Uh, I actually agree with you. It's just that. Ooh, I love say, say that one more time. No, I'm yeah, just, I, I do. It, it, I ask my wife to say that all the time. She goes, you're right. I go say it once more. <laughs> my wife does too. So it's the <laughs> hidden part of the iceberg. The, I guess the point that you're making is that the customer only sees the visible tip of the iceberg and there's right. all this stuff going up, you know, all the hamster wheels uh, spinning beneath the, the, the water. And I guess what I was saying is that they unfortunately do see the hamster wheel sometimes in Unfo their experience. Yeah, it is. And when they see it, that's not a good thing. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Very good. I'm going to ask you, we're going to take a break in a moment, and I don't know if we can answer this question in the next 60 seconds or so, but um, to do this, everybody talks about journey mapping, and they always look at the outside, the touch points the customer's having, uh, having with the company. I'm going to bet, John, that your concept is let's go inside and let's journey map the heck out of every process and every interaction that's happening, because that's the only way you can do it. Yes, hundred percent. That's, it's actually, uh, it's, it's true. People talk about journey mapping, especially within in the marketing world. But if you think about the customer service world, part of what you need to do to improve end to end experience is do the process mapping. Uh, it's maybe not journey mapping, but it's process mapping. Process mapping. Uh, the internal and, journey mapping, also known as process mapping. Exactly. And that's where, uh, again, if you look at uh, one of the more recent innovations that we released, process optimization, part of the reason why we can do that is because we have one architecture, one data model, and it is product-driven configuration. So you're not writing low-level custom code, 
we can then look at all those logs, map out the exact process, visualize it, and see where the bottlenecks are, see where there are opportunities to improve. And that is a really powerful feature that our customers are starting to adopt. And I think that you'll see, like, I mean, it's just, it's kind of amazing because by visualizing the process, uh, the business owners can say, oh, here's an opportunity to improve. And I can either automate it or I can automate a part of the process, which then speeds the overall, uh, you know, uh, resolution time. And if you really think about it, a lot of times what we're trying to do is improve mean time to resolution, first call resolution, avoid truck rolls and, and, and field service. All of these process uh, KPIs can be improved by process optimization. And the end result is a better customer experience. And that's what we're focused on. All right, we'll take a quick break. We are talking with John Ball, who is with ServiceNow, and you are listening to Amazing Business Radio. Do not go away. We'll be right back. Hi, Shep Hyken, your customer service and experience expert, and I'm excited to tell you about my new book, I'll Be Back, How to Get Customers to Come Back Again and Again. Now, this book is packed with idea after idea on how to, just as the title implies, get your customers to come back. In the book, you'll learn that repeat customers aren't always loyal customers. Now, both are great, but there's a big difference. You'll also learn about 10 reasons a customer may stop doing business with you and three reasons you would stop doing business with them. And one of my favorite lessons is a six-step process for creating an I'll Be Back strategy. Of course, there's much, much more. The book ships out in September, but purchase it today and you'll get instant access to the ebook at no extra charge. You'll start getting more of your customers to say, I'll be back almost immediately. Just go to www.I'llBeBackBook.com. Again, that's www.I'llBeBackBook.com. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with John Ball of ServiceNow. You know, I get it. I get it. it it's, you've got a journey map on the outside to take a look at what the customer's journey is. And John so eloquently explained to us there also needs to be a process map inside, which is not that different than a journey map. And I recognize ServiceNow, while focusing on pretty large companies, whether you're an enterprise size company or even the smallest of small companies, even a solo entrepreneur, we need to be looking at that process on the inside. What can we do to eliminate redundancies? What can we do to streamline the process? Because if we do it right internally, it's not only going to help us internally, it's going to help the experience on the outside by the customer. So John, I'm going to flip it back to you if you have any other comments about that before we jump into the next topic. So it's great, uh, great comment, both small and large. And you know, some of the we have some of the world's largest companies as customers, and some some you know small to medium sized businesses. I think that uh, one thing that I would say is that if there's anything we learned in customer service from the COVID experience is that you have to be sort of digital native. You have to be more modern. If you think about what happened, literally millions of customer service agents went home overnight. And the companies, both large and small, you don't have to be large to have done this, who uh, went through a digital transformation, had a more modern uh, uh, customer service process and system, they kind of didn't have a problem. The, the folks who didn't 
had huge problems and that's why you had all of these wait times you know customers were uh, trying to call trying to contact yeah it was well it was really uh, disruptive for certain industries and certain companies and so if you think about you know we have a a, i i can't remember exactly how large they are but they're you know i'd say small to medium-sized business uh, uh that works in the uh uh sort of traffic light space if you will and uh, basically, uh, you know, they provide things uh, like railroad crossing uh, lights, uh, four-way stops, et cetera. They have now connected all of those devices via IoT, and they're doing uh, what I would call proactive service. So this is a relative, you know, they don't have tens of thousands of employees, but they've got to maintain all of these, uh, these uh, sites and they get signals whether you know a device is offline or a device is not working. This is life and death. You know, you think about it. If you've right. got a railroad crossing, the railroad if, if you don't get the warning and a car goes through, exactly. And so, and, when you mean by IoT is Internet of Things for those that are going, what is IoT? And yes. uh, what what basically is happening at that point is if a light goes down, say the railroad crossing light goes down, I would imagine a signal is sent to the company that says, oh my gosh, we got to fix this right now. And they either dispatch someone or do something online to get it back up and running. Exactly. And it's it's super important because you think about, the, the whole reason why I brought up that example is that every company that has customer service operations, the more efficient you can be, the better overall customer service you're going to deliver. And by using newer techniques like IoT, like augmented reality, you can either avoid sending out technicians, or you can, uh, because you can do it remotely. So remote assistance, think about it you, with uh, augmented reality, you can uh, sort of guide the, the customer through the problem or the field tech who maybe hasn't been trained as much. Um, and you can sort of do it before the problem exists. So proactive service, and that actually ties back to one of our, you know, some of our roots in ITSM. ITSM uh, allows us, if you think about digital transformation, so, it so all starts- lots of acronyms, ITSM. So uh, <laughs> IT service management. IT Sorry service management, okay. We love it. our acronyms here. So um, but when you think, so basically IT service management, all the infrastructure to manage your IT. Uh, when you think about every company that is going through digital transformation, it's all about modernizing and digitizing processes. It's software and IT that does that. So if we can proactively monitor what's going on, if we know that the streaming service went down, if we know that the uh, bank teller machine went down, we can then automatically log an incident, which then creates a case. We can go and then solve the problem before the customer even knows about it. Or at least warn the customer. Yes. And and, or at least warn the customer. Think about it. When your service goes down, if you're known, if you're notified, uh, you're going to be a lot less angry than if you figure it out on your own. So proactive service. Yep. Yesterday, there was a storm uh, where I live in St. Louis, Missouri, and it knocked power out and internet out for thousands and thousands of homes and businesses. And how did I find out that my internet was down? I came in in the morning, I opened up my computer and there was no internet. And so, okay, I can't even go online to see if there's an outage because I don't have internet. Actually I do, I had my mobile phone. So I tethered my computer to my phone and found out. Yet, uh, what's really interesting is that I call my wife to say, you're not gonna believe this, there's no internet here. And she said, yeah, I just got a message from 
another company who we use at home says there's an outage. They told me that before I turned on my TV. Perfect example, yeah. uh, Shep. That's a, a, a great example. Companies. And then, it, yes, and think about the difference in customer experience that you've had. And with that proactive notification that can be through SMS or WhatsApp or whatever, um, you sort of know what's going on, which then it's, it sounds crazy, but it's a better customer experience and it's less operational load. Think about all the, the people calling uh, the call center to say, hey, what's the status? What's the status? For a simple request, you can automate that. You can you know, use uh, uh, modern uh, communication channels to inform the customers so that they are not actually creating additional load on, right. on the system. Yep. I, I had a great opportunity to work with Comcast over the last few years. And you know, cable internet industry, they always get hammered for customer service issues. But this is a perfect example. They ask their customers for every possible way they can connect with them. And when there's a problem, they're proactive and they, they send the message to every one of these platforms, whether it be email, text, social media, even, you know, we'll, we'll reach out to you on your Facebook uh, connection just so that, you know, we're on it. And uh, when you're proactive like that, you know, uh, people, I think people are accepting that there are problems if you give them the information to make them feel comfortable about what, so they have some sense of control of what's going on. You know, I go to the airport and I'm sitting there and I'm watching for the plane that I'm supposed to be on and it's not here. And I know it's quarter till the hour. We're leaving on the hour. Plane's not here. It takes 20 minutes to unload the plane. We're going to be late no matter what. Yet the gate agent hasn't come out with the microphone and said, Hey, everybody, no plane yet. But if the gate agent said, Hey guys, some of you may notice the plane's not here. It's in route. It's going to land at this time. We're going to deplane everybody in about 15 minutes. We'll get you all back on. I estimate we're going to be at 20 to 25 minutes late taking off. If you think that's going to be a problem, come and see me so I can get you on a, you know, on a connecting flight. And all of a sudden people like you can even hear, ah, they're comfortable Thanks. again. Absolutely. I haven't been traveling much lately, but I've probably got about 5 million miles under my belt. And you're absolutely right. When you're sitting there, not knowing is what creates the anxiety. And yep. if you can just let the things happen in life, uh, but knowing about it makes it a lot easier. Right. So, so it's not only proactive service, it's proactive communication. Absolutely. And, well, and, com proactive communication is part of proactive service. Yeah, they belong it, together. They yes. belong 100% together. Absolutely. And All right, I mean, well, and by the way, again, another great SMB example, small to medium sized businesses. Think about all the mobile workers, installations. Uh, you may see my wonderful sunshades here uh, in the back uh, that are not actually shading sun. Um, that is a, you know, there's an installer for this shade company that has to get the shade, you know, uh, coordinate the delivery of the shade and the installation at my home. That in itself, getting a time window, knowing when the tech is going to show up, making sure that it's coordinated properly. That is, uh, frankly, a pretty frustrating experience. Like if you're not, you know, in COVID where you're working from home, uh, you got to coordinate that. Well, right. think about how many millions of people are out there doing that. There are tons and tons of these mobile workers. If you can proactively do the appointment scheduling, let people know if they're going to be late, 
uh, you know, um, that improves customer experience. Yeah, it's uh, that I always joke that one of the reasons companies like cable TV companies got a bad rap is because, oh, you like cable TV? We would love to sell you cable TV. You need to stay home, take a half a day of work off without pay and hope that one of our technicians shows up to make the installation. Yeah. It's gotten so much better. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. And it, but it has for the really large companies. And that's sort of my point is that there's a big opportunity for the smaller companies that have not been able to, you know, uh, afford to build their own systems to use packaged software uh, like what we provide with field service management. There's a big, big opportunity there. Excellent. All right. One last question. We call it the one thing question. This is your chance to just drop one more nugget of wisdom on us. What would that be? I would go back to reiterating my point of uh, if you actually do process mapping and you figure out where all of your time and energy is spent for the end-to-end -end customer experience, think about not only the engagement, think about not only how does the customer contact you through you know, the call center, web self-service, virtual agent, but how do you actually resolve the, the problem? How do you fulfill the request? And when you look at that, tying those two together is how you actually improve customer end-to-end -end customer experience. All right. And that's what it's all about. And that's why we call this Amazing Business Radio, because we want to have those amazing experiences. It has to happen both internally and externally. The process, the journey, whatever you want to call it, it happens both on the outside and the inside. John, thanks for being on our show. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Shep. All right, that wraps up another interview on Amazing Business Radio. I promise you another great one next week, so be sure to tune back in. Until that time, this is Shep Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.